0: Today we are having a very interesting conversation with SK Principal PM Power Consulting where he starts talking about ERP implementation for floor mechanics till the CEO of the company and he traces how agility has transformed in how relationships are formed and how education is. Being given both for the students as well as how teachers can adapt. And he traces very, very interesting analogies on how it can be applied using AI and ML. Listen on. Hi, SK. Welcome to the Software People Stories.
1: Hi. Good morning, Gayatri.
0: And welcome to your you? podcast recording. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you doing, SK?
1: Doing very good.
0: I'm so interested to hear your story on your life journey. So like we want to get you started from the beginning. What got you started into the software industry? What has been your journey?
1: That's interesting. I was introduced to software, interestingly by an author, Tamil writer, Sujata. He wrote a book in Tamil called Computer in Kadai. I read it when I was in 8th standard or something. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, 84, 85 times. Okay. 1984, 85 times. And uh, maybe around eight, yeah around that time. It was like pretty interesting. And uh, that, I got very inspired by that and wanted to experiment with that. Wanted to try. So I took uh, computer science and plus one, plus two and started from there. And I did not do engineering but I did uh, more of physics. I, I'm more of a physics kind of a physics person. Physics and science and uh, that was more into research, I think, got an opportunity to study in Cochin University where we did artificial intelligence robotics. That was one of its course at that time. And I'm talking about early 90s. So it was there I had a very good professors and good peers that artificial intelligence actually took me to a different level of interest. And from there, of course, industry was booming and got into industry.
0: Very nice, very nice. I have been a Sujata fan myself for a long time. I have not got inspired from the computer uh, uh, story part of it. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, um, there are two books, I would say. One is Computer in Kadai. The other one is Silicon Sillu Purachi. In Tamil, both of them, very early, I just remember, I mean, getting anybody introduced to it at that time when the material internet, nothing was there, for millennials, people, it will sound very odd today, but I'm talking about early 80s, mid 80s, and uh, late 80s. It was it was very useful. Really?
0: and uh, this is a time when your uh, computers were like room size, and affordability in India was uh, not that high. It makes perfect sense. You have been working in smaller firms, right, in your early start of your career how was that
1: it was very good actually it was actually my own company i had uh, with uh, it was a startup with my friend and uh, we were doing more of erp for uh, textile mills spinning mills and uh, we traveled down south and uh, tamil nadu part of tamil nadu and uh, south india okay the interesting part was the we were developing everything sitting with the customer we were uh, we are the analysts we were the developers we were the testers we were the production people and okay. we will do everything so that way The customers are the people who test. They sit with us, so that was amazing experience. And later, when we were introduced to the formal Agile, it was so natural to us because that's what we've been doing out of necessity, and that was the right thing to do.
0: Right. We keep talking about customer, right? Customer (laughs) centricity and everything. You are actually sitting right next to the customer. Very cool. Exactly.
1: And we were doing it out of necessity and out of that is the best thing to do because we do not have a scale and everything. And uh, that when we Later, came to know about Agile principles and everything. It was so natural to us. Like, oh, this is exactly what we've been doing.
0: And you also did a lot of those AND scripts and all uh, DevOps as well. Or, or how was that like?
1: Everything. So we have to deploy it. We have to make sure it is absorbed or adopted by the customer. That Because we'll say, for example, in spinning mill, we are talking about MIE used by the man, top management. Uh, in, un, interestingly, the first one we developed is the chairman of the company was an auditor. He's a well-versed, very reputed person in that field. And his idea of looking at some of the casting and activity-based casting, etc. were slightly ahead of the curve in the industry. So we were introduced to that level when we were very young. And the other extremist supervisor, the shift, who is just a diploma holder, had he introduction data. So end of the day, we have to work with both of them. I'll be working with the supervisor key in the data and make it as usable as possible. Please remember, these are days I'm talking about, 90, 94, 95, where uh, we were using Clipper, Foxbase, some of the novel network was the operating system where uh, we communicate through LAN cables, land cables running across the factories. So that was like how to make it usable, how to make it easy. And then give the MIS report, talk to the MD or uh, the chairman at a level where we will be talking about activity based casting. What piece of cotton lying on the floor will cost to the production, to the selling price, how they are related, how how they are connected to that level of detail. That is amazing.
0: Okay. My professor used to call Dr. Bala Bala used to say, uh, any consultant should be able to talk from the shop floor to the top floor. It sounds like exactly you did right at the start of your career. Fantastic. Oh, seriously.
1: <laughs> we, we could actually run a mill. We have done that also. We can run some, a few shifts to that level of detail. So,
0: from there, you're a co founder of your company, and what was the next journey from there?
1: Oh, yeah. From there, we took as usual uh, entrepreneur. Only thing is, uh, we were not uh, in Silicon Valley. So, we were not going for VC funding or anything. We, we, we had our own investors who were from the industry. Some of our, interestingly, most of our investors were our clients. Initial set of clients wanted to invest and they wanted to grow it. So they joined us and uh, we grew. We had uh, decent, close to 20 customers spinning mills, all reasonable size spinning mills across South India. We we were doing good and uh, we also got into some... uh, At the time, NIIT was uh, very popular. So we got into franchise remodel, one one franchise of NIIT and all that. And uh, the thing happened, a bubble uh, bust happened. Suddenly, IT was... uh, all the investors were uh, non-IT investors. So they were like, well, we moved to different industries. Okay. We felt more no myself and my my partner and friend who is from my classmate from 1986. He was my deskmate. And from there, we've been doing on the journey together even today. Thank okay. God.
0: Uh-huh.
1: We decided, okay, we'll stick to industry and decided to move and came back to industry formally. I came to Chennai and uh, got into a startup which is uh, more of a supply chain management product company. The founders were based out of California, but development was happening here.
0: ERP to a, a CM may have been a very... Yeah, I yeah.
1: But I, both are, I would say it, it was also more on the production side of things in supply chain management and more of a forecast demand racialization and all that it was interesting. And uh, we were uh, so used to that space. So it was good.
0: Sounds brilliant. I know you from the ThoughtWorks days, right? Uh, you have uh, spoken in so many uh, conferences and uh, speaker around the metrics and agility and everything. So yeah, I, I know your, I know, I know the, your passion and where you started with Agile. <laughs> How was your uh, experiences there?
1: You mean with, in ThoughtWorks? Yes. Okay. Uh, ThoughtWorks, I, when I was in from startup, I was in a service company for some time and uh, when I was looking at got introduced to the formal agile and all that, I was so interested and uh, came across ThoughtWorks. ThoughtWorks was, uh, some, at the time, they were in uh, Bangalore. They were not in Chennai. And I thought, okay, maybe if I have to work in a company, I, I usually I, I'm not a big fan of working for a corporate. So if I were to work in a corporate, I thought either I should work for Google or the Alternate next choices, works. But only thing is, I do not want to go out of Chennai. So whenever they open office in Chennai, I will join. And the That's moment okay. I came about it, I applied, and the first person to be offered for Chennai office from outside.
0: Oh, wow. You are the first employee. in, in Chennai. Hired Chennai Chennai.
1: Yes, yeah, oh. there were other folks who moved from other offices existing thought workers close to seven, eight people. But uh, officially employee offered for Chennai office was me.
0: And uh, you had spent a bit of time in ThoughtWorks looking at the India oh. market, right? How different yes. is the India market? Uh,
1: that is, that's a good one. ThoughtWorks was a eight eight plus years journey for me and out of which uh, last uh, I, I did play a few few roles and uh, was working with uh, different geographies and more into delivery side of things. And last two, two and a half years, I would say we were looking more from India perspective, what do we do? We thought of India, started looking at if India can grow its own market, how it will be. So I I came into the pictures slightly later and started working with, got a very good team actually. So started working with a few few opportunities and got introduced to a few very interesting entrepreneurs I would say somebody to work with uh, we usually tell them they had to be courageous they should be willing to take it forward be in the journey to otherwise uh, that that model may not work effectively it it, it has to go with mutual trust and Ajay also talks about mutual trust so when somebody works with mutual trust collaborate with artworks that way they see benefits and that was very interesting working with especially the media space. Most of them, were initial set of customers were from the media space and very, very interesting people.
0: Interesting, SK. You are saying, so, yeah, saying about people. Whenever we uh, speak about uh, technology at the previous conversations, no, I've heard jargons around technology, you know, deep learning, right? While uh, when you speak about it, you speak from a people angle, relationships, trust. It's a very interesting way to look at it. Particularly when you say that it's an, when you speak at an entrepreneur level where they are looking at quarter to quarter, ensuring that they are, their vision with uh, what with what they are uh, trying to do. So is that really the key ingredient as far as building a relationship is concerned?
1: My, in my experience, I have actually relationship with uh, entrepreneurs at different levels, especially different age groups. And uh, one thing I notice is uh, basically uh, you build trust when you talk. Genuinely about what is the risk and what is the benefit, and don't shy away from saying that this may not work, this might work, and why it may not work, how we could make it work instead of looking for profits, instead of looking for business. If you talk about what is a value, how we could help each other, that works better. And I think it works in any personal relationship, also generally, with the healthy adults. If you talk about Analysis. Two adults having conversation genuinely, it works.
0: Very very cool. In the agile world, we keep talking about Rome or risk management and everything. But at a risk management, at personally, if you explain to folks, particularly non-IT folks, right, who are not in the technology world, explaining it to them as to potential issues, I think that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. In fact, one of the customers used to tell me like the the conventional software, the audience will be waiting for uh, something on the stage. There is a screen, and somebody from the behind the screen will just peek and say, "Oh, we'll start in some way. short will wait, and they' will be waiting <laughs> instead. Agile <laughs> is more like no screens <laughs> we'll we are preparing." You know what is preparing what is happening in the preparation we collaborate together
0: so there is no kitchen and the fr- front front door you know, yeah, is
1: nothing yes
0: <laughs> is that uh, your passion in the software world uh this case, agility and agile uh, ways of working
1: that's a good one a good question <laughs> actually <laughs> uh, yes that initially I did not know what was my what was driving, and uh, later after at some point uh, when I hit the typical uh, middle age I, I realized that one thing which drives me or which did not bore me any day is about agility. When I say agility, it is it could be technology, it could be business, it could be anything you do. How will you make things work, which is nimble, which is fast, which is pay fast, which will recover from challenges? So that was driving me. In fact, moving out of ThoughtWorks, we wanted to start, do. A, of course, we are doing consulting. I'm doing a consulting uh, as an agile coach. I'm a consultant. Also, one other thing we try to do, or we are still on it, is kickstart a startup on the education space. And the focus is not on technology or anything. Of course, we are technology people. We will build things, tools, but primary is agility in education. How will you bring agility in education? That was one of driving things. And we we have tried multiple things. We have tried that in healthcare also. It's, when I say agility, it is not about developing software faster and delivering faster. It is about as a business, how will you get agility? How will you be agile in business? Okay,
0: Interesting. When you look at traditional metrics, right? When you say agility, we talk about concept to cash. From the time uh, you uh, you think that this is a potential way in which you can untap, uh, tap it, and then you get it right. Uh, uh, When can you realize that business value? So what are those things that in an education world that uh, practitioners can look up
1: to? Yeah. Concept of cash definitely is one of the important metrics for agility. One more I also look at is the ability to recover from catastrophes. How good or solid their fundamentals are and safety nets are built. Say, for example, if a software, when you develop software, if software crashes, mm-hmm. how good the safety net will help us or will help us recover faster and we'll make sure the system is up and running soon, quicker. Similarly, for a business, business agility means twofold. One is they are able to get things faster into the market. That is concept of cash. And uh, they are able to stay ahead of the curve of their competition. And they are doing very good. So, for example, I can take an example of SPI Cinema, Satyam Cinema, Chennai. They are very popular. They are light all slightly light. light, ahead of the curve in the user experience. And they, they think I have interacted with the head of the business. And uh, he is like amazingly focused on user experience, customer experience. So they take okay. it to the next level always works ahead. Similarly, if you look at current situation now with the lockdown and across the world, every business is a grinding halt. How will you recover from this scenario very quickly? Say, for example, education, coming back to education, when 2015 floods happened in Chennai, most mm-hmm. of the schools could not operate for one and a half months. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were closed. Most of the education institutions, unfortunately, are not agile. When you say not agile, they have a notes of lesson. They have built their syllabus. Everything set in the year, beginning of the year. After that, it is left to the teachers. They will skip here and there and just try to manage and leave it.
0: it. Okay. Is there a
1: way where they can adapt very quickly, like we do in software development, adapt and adapt in such a way that the basic, necessary, important concepts are not missed out. Now it is happening. I'm not saying it is not happening, but happening at the, it depends on the teacher. Some of the teachers are very good. They will do it great. But majority of the teachers or uh, most of the teachers might find it very difficult. They would need help. If there is a way we can help them get it done. Okay. okay. Say in, in the current scenario, when everything is shut down, you don't know when the schools will open, when the education institutions will open. How are we going to handle it? Actually, technology can come in very, very handy here. I'm not talking about running video classes. That is, of course, it's happening. It is very good. But that's not the only thing. We have to look at how will you do from assessment, from the initial introduction to the concepts, to the verification of the learning and a confirmation that they have learned and also understand the conceptual understanding of the learner. All these things had to be tied together and made. There are a lot of things can be done in that space. That is one of the things we are working on.
0: That's a very cool way to think about it, not necessarily as a business, but more from students' perspective. Right? That's how They are also a very critical stakeholder yes. uh, in terms of saying each student's uh, way of learning may be different. In a class, in, to some extent, you will kind of normalize because there are questions that are interactions are happening over here, instead of having end is to N kind of an interaction, it's all be- within the person who's delivering it, particularly in a video class assessments, everything mm. is happening within the room. Mm. So it must be a very mind boggling puzzle to have this solved, right?
1: Yes. In fact, just uh, having video classes without enough technology, it's not going to help them because the teachers will in a classroom when they have 20 students, 30 students, they gauge the students to an extent, their understanding of the concepts to an extent, even if it is, they do a reasonable job. But when you run a remote class, it is very difficult. There are some interactive quizzes and this that they will ask, but that's not enough. So there are there are, there are things like a knowledge graph and concept map and those things are can be utilized very effectively in this space. And a lot of research has been done in that space. Uh, you you see a lot of papers from 2014, 2015 in that space, but uh, still it has, not, it has not come into mainstream yet. A lot can be done in that space. And uh, that is one area where uh, we are really interested, passionate, but it, right now it is run as a pet project. So it will take its own sweet time. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm not even
1: thinking about commercializing it.
0: Having users is the first thing, right? There's a, there's a different business model that comes in. Yes. You, you first look for users who will start using it and then you get into how do you commercialize it, how do you get that I think. No, even
1: before that we have to even build tools and uh, experiment with some of it. So that itself is a humongous task. So we are, we are at it. We are going very slow. That That's <laughs> one thing which is driving us now.
0: Okay. It's, it's very interesting to think about it from a concept map. We normally use mind maps, concept map, user story map and everything from a user experience perspective, right? The Satyam mm-hmm. cinema example that you shared mm-hmm. is not from a technology. You're actually taking it out and said, end to end a person walks in, or walks into your website, to the time where they get out, get back to their home. How can yes. you give an end to end experience?
1: Yes. Um, at
0: every point in time, it could be a cinema going experience, or it could be from an education
1: experience. Yep, true. And education is a lifelong journey. Interestingly, cinema, movie, maybe a four or five hours thing. Education is going to be a lifelong journey. And people invest heavily on that. When I say invest, it's not money. They invest their time. Kids yeah. are put into schools and like they through, go through 20, 20 plus years of their life, cream of their life in that place. How are we going to help them enjoy that? And especially one thing I'm disheartening to see that uh, children, when they hit uh, 11, 12 uh, years of age, they get disconnected with the education system, especially in in the mass education system like Asia and Southeast Asia and many parts of Asia, to an extent on the West also. So how can we make it better? How can we make it interesting for them? It's not just video and things, there are many things can be done, a lot of research has gone in that space.
0: Agree. see, when we were growing up at least 80s and 90s, there was a clear view that there has to be a food on the table, you got to work, there's a tectonic (laughs) shift, right? The need has gone away from the want, right? So uh, anything. The right now, the, there are a plethora of opportunities and where do you want to go? That also be, brings a lot of dilemma, mm. and dilemma and everything that, that what we didn't have, mm. those opportunities and dilemmas are much higher as mm. far as children of this day can go.
1: True. Especially most of my experiences are with the Asian countries and a lot of in this, space, in this space, in this area. The upper middle class and the growing economy and the next set of people coming in, their wants are different. As you said, it, it has moved from need and it has gone to next level. How do you keep the momentum up? How do you keep them interested, engaged and take it to the next level? A lot can be done in that.
0: Talking about education, you coach colleges and school students in writing apps, right? Mobile apps, how did that uh, get started? And were there any challenges that you encountered when you had to interact directly with the students?
1: Yeah, that started as more of a side, I would say side project or pet project. It, it's uh, again, uh, when in ThoughtWorks, I was part of uh, recruitment and we traveled uh, length and breadth of the country hiring people from colleges. So one of the things we found is uh, unemployability of uh, students coming out of colleges. So we were trying to see how do we help and uh, we got engaged with uh, one of the colleges where uh, a couple of colleges where the professors and the faculty were passionate, really interested because we don't want to do it for money or anything. Money is not a point. So we are investing our time. We go drive, go to their place. We spend time over the weekends. When they say we, I have a couple of my friends also interested. So we were trying to see how to make them employable because one of the challenges, all these professors have never taken any meaningful app to production ever in their life and they are teaching them it is as if in medical school uh, if a doctor has never attended a patient and they are teaching the students how it will be okay so very unfortunate that position yeah. so we are trying to help the students see what how to build an app and take it to production it is not about writing a factorial program how will you what, what does it mean to actually work that something to work the end user we were trying to connect the pieces end to end to the students and uh, it was going good but last couple of years uh, we were going slow because uh, the the other project and uh, the passion also takes time so we're trying to balance it we have to restart it That's good that you brought it up
0: very nice uh, okay i think see keeping those multiple realms too and also keeps you as engaged right as a person we keep talking from uh, your soul also has to feed i love what you're talking about from a education and uh, moving into the social consciousness part of it. Coming back to the software world, right? apart from agility, what are your other passions? Now, What are you learning now?
1: Right now, it will sound pretty trivial uh, going back to again uh, my artificial intelligence days and uh, starting up with artificial intelligence again. But uh, this time, only thing I am trying to do is I had to do a lot of catch-up from what I have studied and where it is now, spending some time there. And connecting artificial intelligence, AI, machine learning, etc. to the knowledge graph and concept map and that is the area i'm working right now
0: oh that that sounds uh, mighty interesting yeah
1: i have to explain that will be like next couple of hours (laughs) 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 what i'm trying to do so
0: (laughs) i can think of so many follow-on episodes in this very rich conversation i'm actually keeping holding my my reins in so that i don't uh, (laughs) get into that (laughs) you can do some blue sky forecasting right on where the technology and the software is moving towards? What would they be?
1: One thing uh, we'll see immediately in the next few years will be improvement in the way we interact with the systems. Like, voice already is in. We have improvise on it and take, we, we have to get rid of these interfaces. Uh, already it is in research lab. Uh, it has to come to commercial market where uh, instead of holding a speak, everyone, everybody else listen to it. All that will be out so conversation will become more private sometimes you may not even uh, need to open your mouth to speak so the, it will go to ne- that level next level and uh, more intuitive it will become more intuitive that is the immediate next thing will happen and uh, a will take a different uh, level in terms of we all know the progress uh, being made and the unmanned vehicles and all. Uh, it, it will go to different level when i say different level we, we may not be able to imagine even what are the areas it could actually get into and the kind of developments could happen in terms of a blockchain using blockchain in say for example land registration record and it, it could be many facets of uh, e-governance the whole world could actually potentially move into a different uh, level in the next uh, 10 to 15 years especially if you look at blockchain and all these currency and all. It, it can go to a different level wow
0: so there are three big areas that you're talking about one is neurons uh, talking to each other without even a word being spoken. Second is (laughs) creating a model where uh, looking at uh, unmanned vehicles to uh, deep learning and AI being used in different um, and then e-governance. It's a very interesting world where we are speaking (laughs) about uh, certificates being uh, rewritten and everything in education field. I can can immediately see so many applications there in blockchain. Wonderful.
1: True. Next uh, 15-20 years is going to be very interesting.
0: I, I almost feel old when I uh, talk to younger kids and younger uh, ones who are just talking so digitally, <laughs> they start. And it, it is important to keep that beginner's mindset of starting up and ensuring that we continue to learn. So, uh, what are the key takeaways, any messages that you want to give to our listeners?
1: Okay. I, I, I wouldn't call it as messages. One thing that has worked for me in when we talk about agile is keeping the software and tool as a last thing, keeping the mutual trust, transparency, and mutual benefit for each other who is in will, will help things make life easier and will add more value to our every transaction
0: very nicely put I, I love it uh, I am looking forward to more more such conversation I hope you will uh, be coming back as a guest uh, SK to talk in detail thank for you. Some this is my first
1: one and uh, first podcast and thanks for making it work <laughs>
0: thank you for appearing SK thank thanks you. a lot for your time
1: thank you thank you very much <laughs>